living together. I praise and worship you, O Holy Lord. I bless your great and mighty name, and I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, dear Lord, and I praise your great name. Let your inspiration touch our hearts. We give you thanks and praise and glory and honor. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house tonight, dear God. Jesus' sweet name and Jesus' sweet name. Thank you, dear Lord. And everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give our God a big hand. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We give clap unto thee, praise unto thee. Jesus' name. All right. If you have a Bible tonight, you can turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Turn your attention to verse 12. 12 and 13 is what I'll turn to. Matthew 24, verses 12 and 13. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. I'd like to minister to you tonight on turning up the heat in the cold time. Thank you, Judy. I thought you might like that, considering certain natural phenomena here in our midst. I uh, have read along no doubt with you how that in Revelation chapter 3 that the Spirit made it very clear that uh, he's, and I want to focus on the positive side of it, the most positive side of it. In other words, he said, I would that you were hot. There was uh, some problem because in this particular situation where the Spirit was ministering, there was a problem of those that were in a very lukewarm situation. They weren't one extreme or the other, and obviously, the ultimate that the Lord wanted was for them to be on fire. He wanted them to be hot. He wanted them, and it was encouraging them to, to turn up the heat in the right direction. Uh, there were many things that were apparently in the mind and the attitude of those that he was dealing with and the spirit that was upon them. Uh, they felt that they could see just fine when in reality he considered them to be blind. But rather, it produces vileness, a vile fruit, or vile figs, one place called it in the Old Testament. And you want to tell yourself that there are going to be, and there are, many, many things that are swirling around us, even as we speak, all over the world, and never probably more evident than it is right here in America where we live today, that there are many, unfortunately, now the many, we're not worried about uh, numbers, and some people are, that's the only thing that affects them. If they can't go start a church uh, for God and begin to dig it out from absolutely zero people and just begin to do the work of the Lord. They can't do Philip going down to a city. They can't seem to do that. 
and uh, all they can do is seemingly take something that's good and instead of improving upon it they want to tear it down and they they want to tell you that if you don't have uh, multiplied hundreds and even a thousand or more people that uh, then then you're not getting the job done and that's no good and blah 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 when nothing could be further from the truth the greatest example you're going to have in the New Testament and of bringing us right in to the New Testament outpouring of the Spirit was Jesus the Christ and as he went about his earthly ministry he even said I called 12 of you and one of you is a devil you know so you're not looking at any great huge number there are you not at all and of above 500 about 120 came to the upper room and were filled with the Holy Ghost you know it's never supposed to really be the emphasis about numbers any more than the emphasis is supposed to be on tongues the emphasis is supposed to be on getting the Holy Ghost and when you get the Holy Ghost that's the result one of the one the initial result that you've received the Holy Ghost the confirmation the biblical stamp that you got the Holy Ghost that you believed in your heart how do I know you believe in your because you confess with your mouth in another tongue as the Spirit gave you the utterance. And I didn't stop there. I continue to know because of the fruit of the Spirit. Because there, it's an absence of lawlessness. You're clothed. You're sitting at His feet and you're in your right mind. There's been a good change in your life. There's a fruit of the Spirit. There's a counterbalance here. Not going to get out of balance in this thing. And people have a tendency in the time of iniquity and the hardness and the coldness of their heart to get very, very out of balance, very, very extreme. And they have an awful lot of trouble with that consistent one day after another day, one foot in front of another, year in and year out, decade in and decade out, score after score whatever strength God would give you to live, then they have trouble with that. Somehow they have trouble with consistency uh, of things, and they want to make many changes. And the changes are happening primarily because of iniquity, because of getting outside the boundaries of the law of faith. The law of faith. There is a law of faith. There is your faith in the Word of God and what it teaches and that you're going to believe it you're going to trust in it you're going to love it with all of your heart you're going to put yourself into it and you're not going to let down and you're not growing, uh, going to allow yourself to get cold because you want to all of a sudden shall again I use the word all of a sudden but it begins to manifest itself and becomes evident to people around you that you have an appetite for things that are unspiritual an appetite for things that you want were dead to things that you had nothing to do with and couldn't care about at all because you were so head over heels fiery hot in love with Jesus Christ and you wanted to be about his business you wanted things that you were doing to appertain to the to the winning of souls and doing the work of God and heavenward you're headed you did not want any uh, weights on you you did not want to be surrounded by things that were iniquitous or lacking in any kind of governance in your life remember it told you to save yourselves from an untoward generation that 
that's not a one time thing to do that's every day you live you live in this world you're not of this world anymore I pray unless your love has gotten cold but if you're on fire and turning up the heat then you're not a part of this world you're passing through this world you have no continuing city your plans aren't built down here there's nothing here permanent for you at all you're looking for a builder a building that God has made he's made that building it's eternal in the heavens everybody said praise the Lord so the writer said about enduring to the end the same shall be saved that means that the things that you find yourself being bombarded with surrounded with in this world that God would deliver you or save you out of those things that are going on. We live in a world that's full of all kinds of sin and iniquity and people getting more and more lawless saying, you know, when I first came in the church uh, 40 years ago, right at it, when I came in the church, I used to sing a song they call the right wrong and they call the wrong right. And we're, I'm living right in that time watching it take place, watching people that believe this Bible and had preached or taught or lived in some way this Word of God and were one time in subjection and submission and on fire for Almighty God, and now they're calling things that are most surely believed among the church things to be right. They're saying that those things are wrong, and you don't have to do those things, and you can go here and you can go there, and you can do this and you can do that you can partake of all these things because they're not wrong they take the right and they call it wrong and they take the wrong and they start calling it right let me tell you we gotta realize we are going to be very much uh, opposed by people who once knew the truth people who once were a part of what Jesus Christ and his church represents in the earth you gotta turn up the heat in a cold time just like in your house tonight and those temperatures down there, you're turning up the heat to keep your body warm. Well, you got to keep your spirit hot. you got to turn up the spiritual heat and say, I'm going to be hot. He said, I would. You were hot. Want you on fire. Want you excited. I don't want to stand in doubt of your love. I don't want to begin to shiver when I get near you. To feel that warmth. I want it to become intense. We work on that. We're working on that. We want to adjust things in the generation in which we're living. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. 21st chapter of Luke, verse 34, an example of he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. And take heed to yourselves. Luke 21, verse 34. Take heed to yourself. So you see, you got to look out here. Now, I'll grant you, there's some things that I don't need to really look out for if I'll just keep praying because God will take care of those things. You know, you, you can get all worried about a lot of things. And if you're not careful in all of the things that this world puts as the priorities, and, you know, I, I've been preaching for almost 40 years, and I had one guy tell me, he said, well, he said, I want this, 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 and this, and I want, I want health insurance benefits. And I said, well, first of all, 
you're not going to get this, 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 and this, and this. And second of all said, ain't none of us got them health benefits you're talking about. I said that that way to emphasize it. Said, uh, not, not, not even worried about that. Let me tell you something. If you're going to do something for God, you better not be trying to figure out what all you've got to have before you can take your first step because the devil will make sure that you never get to take that first step. Just like that camel that couldn't get through the gate, he's going to pack it on and pack it on and pack it on and he's going to make it so sky high in your mind that you're going to talk, you. he's going to help you talk yourself out of ever really making a step for God. It can start just as simple as why some people don't make it to the altar and get filled with the Holy Ghost because he brings all of these multitude of considerations into your mind and first news you know, you're weighted down and you can't get one foot in front of another nor one thought in front of another ordered correctly that weight priority above it all is just chuck all that and let me go get God. Let me just throw myself on God's mercy. Let God take care of this thing and put it in order for me. I'd say that Jesus was pretty blunt and extreme about it when he when he, and justified when he said, but trying to make the impression on people, when, he's, when one guy said, well, I'll follow you, but let me go first bury the uh, family member here. And he said, hey, he said, you let the dead bury the dead. You come follow me. What he's trying to say, there'll always be an excuse. There'll always be something. I want my house full. Well, I just bought some oxen. I got to go prove, well, I just got married or maybe unmarried. I just this or I just that or I just the other. It's always something I got to be about and got to be doing. And that's what he's saying. Guess what? You'll never have what I've got for you then. I'll go find somebody laying out in the gutter and I'll bring them in. I'll bring them in. My house will be full. Amen. So he said, you take heed to yourselves. Lest at any time your heart. Now that's not that physical pump down there in your lung. He's talking about your, the seat of your thoughts, your intellect, and your emotions. And he said, you take heed to yourselves. Take a good look. Take a good examination. You better guard some things here. He said, lest at any time, any time, your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting or an excessiveness. Just, you know, the, the lighter we can keep the boat, and I'm talking the, in the sense of piling things on in your life, letting things just, just and what do you say? A person's life does not consist of the abundance of the things that they possess. And what you also want to realize is that in getting and in possessing and filling your boat, filling your life, then it's sinking deeper and deeper into the water here. And uh, that's those lay aside every weight, the book said. And these things that just pile themselves on and distract us, and we give our energies to if we're not careful. And in giving that energy, then we're using some precious fuel. There's some heat here that's being exposed the cold side of things. We don't want to pass through lukewarm onto cold. We want this to be where we are turning up the heat. In spite of the Arctic frigid temperatures around us from an unbelieving world, from a world that is, is going against everything that you know and have been taught to be right, and that's why you know it, because you got taught it. You might want to keep that in mind. 
But he said, all of this uh, excessiveness and drunkenness and cares of this life, cares of this life, so involved with everything in this life. And he said, and so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare, it's going to be a trap. It's going to be a way to just get your mind so loaded down, get your life so loaded down. As a snare, as a trap, shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. He said, so talking to the church, he said, watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things, to be saved out of all these things, to escape it, pull us out, deliver us from it, snatch us like a brand from the fire. And he said that all these things that shall come to pass, and that you, in other words, would be able to support the Son of Man. That's what he's saying in his teaching and prophecy about you enduring to the end. The same shall be saved. When people say, I'd like to tell somebody when they say ain't nobody saved, I'd like to say, well, you're probably talking about people who are baptized in Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost and who have allowed themselves to become ensnared and entangled again in the things of this life. And in that respect, they keep saying the things that were, are taught in the Scripture and they have been taught. Now they no longer believe and no longer uh, possess these things and obey these things and are in subjection to these things then in that sense you may be right. They're not saved. They're no longer delivered from those things. And they're taken in the snare and the trap. And yes, so we definitely want to get them to where, as the writer said, you can say that I see. But he said, no, you're not seeing. And you can say that you're rich. But he said, no, you're poor. And you can say, I got this. But he's saying, oh, no, you don't. You once had it. You once knew this. You once were a possessor, but not no more. And so we got to get you. And we got to help you. And that's why we're going to keep putting the fuel in the furnace honey that's why we're going to trim the lamp and let it be burning brightly so there'll be something for you to be brought back to the prodigal had somewhere to go back to when he realized I have been an idiot I've been a fool I'm not even worthy to be called a sonny let me go back let me go back that's right you want to get back to where it's hot you want to get back to where you can thaw out. You want to get back to where your mind is on fire for him. Quit those foolish questions that bring about all kinds of strife in your heart. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. There are people who lose confidence. The Bible tells you some people don't just lose it. Some people cast it away. And it told you not to cast away your confidence. Don't chuck it. Don't throw it overboard. Don't throw it out the window. Do not cast away your confidence, which hath great recompense or payment of reward. You keep on keeping on. No matter what it looks like, no matter if there's big bad clouds, doesn't matter what the don't observe the weather in that regard. Don't allow it to affect you spiritually in a negative way. You keep your eyes on, you know, Jesus Christ is an optimist. Our God is an optimist. He tells you to lift up your head. He doesn't tell you to get it down. 
and, and look in the sand and in the pit and, and all of that stuff. He doesn't tell you to put your lower lip on the ground and drag around. He's an optimist. He's a, he's got, he wants you to lift up your head, lift up your eyes, lift up your hands, lift up your hearts. He wants you to do that. He wants you to know that he's got the best in store. And for people who will keep on keeping on, and for people who will keep marching when others fall out, for people who will uh, continue to believe when others are taken by unbelief, when people who will, no matter what the crowd around them is saying, they're going to stay with the book. They're going to stay with chapter and verse. That they know it's not in numbers. It's not by might. And it's not by power. Though many people think it is the power of numbers. It is not by the It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. God doesn't need a whole big bunch of people to bless and to have church and to pour out his spirit and to do the miraculous and marvelous things that it does. Doesn't need that. I've been in small services where God worked, and I've been in large services where God worked. Amen. I'm just glad that God's working. And I want to help do what needs to be done to keep God working in our midst. And so, you know, there are people that are uh, casting away their confidence to the point that they are um, uh, indulging in many things that hitheretofore they did not. And many are at early ages coming up with the idea that these things are all right. They're okay. And they will, uh, they want to go like the guy went down to Samaria, and he was from Judah, shall we say, from Israel, and he went down to, that's overall Israel, uh, one of the ten tribes, twelve tribes, and he went down to uh, Samaria, and while there, he saw an altar, and he said, I want, I want that kind of altar. Man, that's cool. Look at that. I like that altar. And completely forgot about what God had set as make sure you build this according to the pattern that I showed you in the mount. You build the altar the way I say, the way I show you, according to the, if you please, the plan or the blueprint that I have given to you. But all completely discarding that. Could just, you know, maybe in his mind, it was, well, I've always had that, and it, that's just not good enough anymore. That's, that altar that we have, that's outdated. You know, it's, it's just archaic. It, it's not cool. It's not with it. Oh, man, this, now this, down here in Samaria, woo! You know, down here, let me reach into the world. Let me, let me reach into that which is not done after the pattern that God said. And let me just tell everybody that it's all right. We'll bring this right on home and set it right up. It'll be just fine. We'll bring that right in the midst of the camp. And, uh, you know, people reach into the world. And they want to bring the world their patterns, their, their uh, behavioral patterns, their thoughts, their ideas. They want to bring them into the church. And they want to begin to employ them. And in so doing, they're throwing overboard their confidence 
in God's way of doing things. They won't admit that, but the reality is there. They bring, they're bringing in all kinds of uh, music and light shows and uh, all kinds of uh, things that make a, would make a person feel that they were at a worldly concert. I can say that because I came out of that. I was delivered from that. I, did, I, I got an experience that that stuff couldn't compare to what God did and what God is still doing. So that's why for 40 years I haven't gone back to that. Now, you see, the little guys today, the little young and up-and-comers who think they're smarter and know more than anybody, uh, they, they think it's new, and they hadn't got a clue because it ain't new, honey. The devil is not new. You want to talk what's old and what's antiquated and what's the same old, same old. That's the devil. All he does is paint it a little bit different, turn it a little bit sideways, plant it a little bit differently, and present it. A little, but it's the same old spirit, the same old root of sin and iniquity, the same old unbelief. He just dresses it up a little different and counts on you being dull. He counts on you being silly. He counts on you being carnal. He counts on you having cast away your confidence and losing faith in what God is doing and how he does it. Amen. Let me tell you, your Bible said that 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 7, and even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, in other words, musical instruments, except they give a distinction in the sound. How shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? Now there is a practical, a spiritual, and let me say a wider application than just what he was teaching on here. And what he's teaching on here, of course, is uh, about speaking in tongues in the church house uh, as a worship as, as opposed to... Uh, teaching in a language that everybody could understand. And the bottom line though, with it all, was everything to be done decently and in order so he wasn't throwing anything overboard he was simply setting things in order so that we would not be a house of disorder. But in a wider application I want to say to everybody that Holy Ghost Jesus name baptism church of, that Jesus started in Acts 2 right to this split second and until the first resurrection should always have a distinctive sound in its music, in its words, in its courses, in its singing. Everything about us, our mode of and, and matter of, of deportment and conduct and dressing and attitude should always be distinctive. I don't want to go to the college and look like them. I don't want a young person to fit in with them. I want you to be the light. I want you to be different as in a good difference. A good difference. You don't want to be ashamed of Jesus. Well, if you got to dress like them, 
if you've got to let go of the way the church has taught you and, and try to water it down, well, it depends on what your definition of modesty is. Well, it ain't when your skirt is the size of a belt. I can tell you that. <laughs> supposed to laugh right now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I am saying to you that we should bring a difference everywhere we go. That's why that's why the church reaped people because they didn't come to town with the same old, same old. Oh, let me give you a PowerPoint. They don't want a PowerPoint. They just want power. They want to be healed. They want to be saved. They want to see a manifestation of the glory of God. They want to see you shout. They want to hear you speak in tongues. They want you to spin like a top. They want you to preach to your red in the face and maybe even spin a little bit. But bring them chapter and verse subject matter and not come with enticing words of man's wisdom. But the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Everybody said praise the Lord. Somebody said, well, that's the problem. I haven't seen it. Then turn up the heat in your life. Be a contributor and a partaker. Amen. Don't be some remora that you leech on to the, the church, the ship, and, and just bleeding from it and sucking from it and taking from it. No, no, no. You want to be a contributor. You need to be a step-up transformer. You need to let the Holy Ghost go through you and step it up for everybody's sake. And everybody's pulling together. It's not an individualistic thing and look at me, look at me. No, no, no. But it is a contributing, a contributing to the, to the assembling together and the service and the church and the body of Christ and winning the lost and doing the work of God. And we're just simply having a good spirit and a balanced attitude and we're all working together to turn up the heat in a cold time. In a cold time. In a cold time. Well, since you're standing, let's remain standing. And I'll say it to you again, though. Remember the cause, and keep it in mind, that the love of many waxed cold was because of iniquity. Giving over to an untowardness, an ungovernableness. Can't be pastored. Can't be instructed. Can't be, uh, somebody said, well, it's all rules and regulations. Well, I got news for you. That's what God's commandments are. And the book said they are not grievous. They're there for your benefit. They're, they're there to, to help you and to get you saved and keep you saved. And to keep you from building again the things which you once destroyed. To keep you from going back and all the while with a big loopy grin on your face thinking you're doing great guns when all the while you're just marching right in the direction where hell is moving to meet you at your coming. And you're going to be of all individuals most miserable when you do not have to be. The ointment is there to give you that eyesight. Everything you need from the Holy Ghost is there. Everything is in the body of Christ and you just need to have confidence. You need to have faith. You need to get some staying power. You need to realize it's a long distance race and you to run this race and I promise you I was told by some center guy in town by way of somebody that he's going to run a marathon on Saturday morning at 8 o'clock in Orlando and it's probably going to be what? I don't know 20 degrees or something and I said well they're not going to be standing around too long they're going to be itching for that guy to shoot that gun so they can start running so they can get warm and let me tell you let me tell you if we'll just run what did he say? You, you did run what's hindering? Let's run let nothing hinder let's run spiritually Let's turn up the heat. Let's
Let's be on fire for our God. Amen. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Let's not cast away our confidence as great payment of reward. Let's be distinctive. Let's let the world have direction from the church. They need that direction. They need that. Girls, you got long hair because you have power on your head. Amen. And you want that, that sign of subjection. Amen. You want that obedience. You want that word and teaching of God and femininity in your life as a light and part of the light and the example. You don't want to look like the rest of the world. You want the distinctiveness. Amen. You say hair is the hair of a woman, then you, you, the only thing you can be saying is uncut. That's all you can be saying. And that's what Revelation said. There's no other way to explain that. Not about color and it's not about texture. Not at all. And everybody said praise the Lord. And everybody said hallelujah. And guys, you keep your face clean. And you be a good light. And you show an honest, open attitude and spirit to a lost and dying world. They need the church just like you needed the church. And you better tell yourself, you still need the church. You don't need weak. You don't need deluded. You don't need watered down. You don't need an uncertain sound because there is going to be a trumpet. It's going to be the last trump. And if you're not in shape and in tune and in rank and in harmony and you're not on fire, you're going to miss it. You're not going to know the certain sound. You don't want to miss that, believe me. Come on, let's love them together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. I praise you, Jesus. Come on now. Go. Yeah. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. Come on now, we're living for the Lord. To worship you, we want his help. Come on. Come on now. This is our life. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. He appears. You want to make sure he recognizes that he is your life. That is your attitude. And everything about you reflects that. Got nothing against anybody. I'm for everybody to turn up the heat. All of us, everywhere, every country, every nation, every tongue, every race, every nationality. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. Come on, young man, turn up the heat. Come on, young ladies, turn up the heat. No need for any generation gaps. Come on now.
worship you. I live, I live to worship you. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live to worship you. Oh, oh, oh. 